Welcome to the Discipleship Podcast with Pastor Pablo Martinez. We truly believe disciples aren't born, they are made. If your desire is to grow, renew your mind, and go to the next level in the way you live for God, this podcast is for you. Pastor Pablo will be sharing the real heart of a disciple through tough but transformational truths that are sure to confront us. These truths will lead us into establishing the kingdom of God in our lives. Now is the time. Grab your pen, a notebook, and your Bible. It's time to get formed. So I, uh, I've been uh, really praying about tonight. I uh, have been really, really wanting to share this word. It's uh, one of those things that God puts in your, in your mind, in your heart, and you just for weeks keep contemplating it, keep mulling it over. And I believe this is the moment where God wants to give this to you. Last week, we spoke about two Greek words. One is logos, and the other one is rema. You guys remember that? That we are to learn to walk on rema. We talked about Peter. Peter didn't walk on water. He walked on, he walked on the word of Jesus. He walked on the word that God told him. Uh, he said, come to me. And, and, and Peter walked on that order that God gave to him. He didn't walk on this stormy water. He walked on the word. As believers, we have to learn to do that. If you want to listen to more of that, go ahead and go to last week's sermon. But today, I want to show you another two comparisons between two Greek words. Uh, next week, I'll be talking about some Greek words as well and that has to do with love. But today, I just want to speak into your heart about what I believe God has for you uh, between the difference between chronos and kairo. Kairos and chronos are two words that for many people mean nothing. But for many people also may mean the same thing. But I want to tell you that these words describe something that could change our lives. If you grab a hold of this concept, it will change your heart. The first thing to understand is that chronos and kairos both mean time. They both mean time. They refer to time. But chronos refers to the quantity of time. Chronological order, chronograph, right? It's talking about the, the, the sequence of time, the quantity of time, the, the minutes, the, the hours, the days. God created the chronos as well. When he spoke this world into existence, he put the moon and the stars in one place and he put the sun in another place. He allowed us to have seasons. He allowed us to have night and day. He allowed it to be a certain amount of time. God gave us chronos in order to understand his works, in order to see his sequence, in order to see his majestic hand move in a mighty way. Chronos is important. But he also gave us something called kairos. And kairos, to me, is the most important thing for us human beings to understand. As believers, we have to learn to live in kairos. In the moments of God, Cairo means the appointed time of the Lord. A specific time where God wants to do a specific thing. I'm going to repeat this again. Kairos means an appointed time from God. An opportune moment, a due season. Amen? There's a part in the Bible that it says in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. You usually hear this in weddings. You may hear it in yours one day. It says, there is a time for everything. There's an appointed time. Come on now. There's a kairos for everything. And there's a time for every event under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn 
and a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to shun embrace, a time to search and a time to give up a loss, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear apart and a time to sew together, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and yes, a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. In this world, there are seasons. In this world, there are times. My question is, do you know when God appoints times? Are you expectant of the God-appointed times? Do you know how to live in a Kairos life while living in a Kronos world? Can you have a Kairos life? while living in a Kronos world, in a world where everybody's so concerned about time, where everybody has a clock and everybody seems to be looking at their phone all the time. Have you ever lived in that way? Have you ever been caught up in a, in a place where you feel like you don't have enough time? Too much time, too little time. For me, I feel like if I had 26 hours in the day, I could do a little more, but then I realized I would be asking for 28 hours. I don't know about you. Maybe you're in the other spectrum where you feel like time is just too slow. You're in a job that you don't necessarily like and time, the chronos, seems to be eternal. Well, I got to tell you this. It is so important for you to stop living in a chronological way and you start living in a Kairos way. In a moment where you say, God, I know that you're about to do something amazing. I can expect your hand to move. I can see your timing, which is perfect. Your timing is amazing. You know, one of the things that I love most about God, one of the things that I, in my life I have learned to appreciate most about my king is his kairos. His the timing, how he does things, how he's never late. He's never too early. He's always right on kairos. At an appointed time, at an appointed moment in my life where I, I get sometimes antsy and think, God, why haven't you done this? Why hasn't this happened? And there I realized that God was protecting me all along. Or that God was already planning a perfect strategy, a perfect entrance, a beautiful way to do things. I remember when I broke up with my first girlfriend and thought, I'll never, ever get married. I don't think I could love somebody the way I love her. Can I tell you now with my wife, my awesome kids, I love, love my family. That blonde at home, I just love her so much. I could tell you, I'm not just trying to score points, although, you know, why not? You know, rack them up. But I'm telling you, I love my wife. If somebody would have told me at that Kairos, I mean at that Kronos, that there was a Kairos coming, I would have told them, no, nah, I don't believe you. Just, I don't want to talk. I just want to suffer, suffer quietly. You know what I'm saying? But if, if I would have seen what I saw now, now that I have seen the Kairos of God, I wouldn't have even cared. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'm not that cold, but I would have been like, you know what? It's all right. You know, I learned something about God throughout those years. I learned that in God's perfect timing, he does perfect things. Like everything he does is good. The problem comes when we try to intervene into God's timing. I went to get a haircut. As you guys can see, I'm looking sweet, right? <laughs> I went to, uh, to get my haircut and there's this older man, right? He's been doing this for price for generations. You know, this guy, uh, like I call him Edward Scissorhands. You know, he's, he's, this is his thing. You could tell like, that's what he does. 
he's been there forever. He's part of the place. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you know, but when they start cutting some guy's hairs, everybody has their own way of doing it. So this older man started cutting my hair in a way that it started looking real funky on the sides. I mean, really funky. Like it looked like a, like a poof on each side. And so I asked the man, I said, hey, um, I was trying to be nice, you know, but I said, um, you know what, uh, uh, sir, is there any uh, way that, you know, that we could take down the, the sides a little bit? And he got mad at me because he's been doing this for a long time. He said, wait up. Like he, I don't know how he said it. Cause he's kind of like a, like a veterano. You guys know what a veterano is like, like old school cholo, you know? And he said, he said, wait up. He said, I know what I'm doing. And I looked at him like, all right. <laughs> he's like, I know what I'm doing. Just wait up. Let me finish. And I was like, mm. I sunk back in my chair. I said, okay. You know, I mean, he got, he's got the scissors in his hands. I'm kind of helpless. And this guy just kept on going at it. Right. And then at the end, he shows me the little mirror. He said, see, they're gone. He said, I've been doing this for a long time. I was like, yeah, I'm sorry, man. I, I just, yeah, sorry I didn't trust you. It was funny because it's just this, this weird little moment. But I, I, I felt the, see, I had already this message in my heart. So I felt the rebuke of God saying, wait up. I know what I'm doing. I've been doing this for a long time. Trying to tell God, hey, God, uh, can I get a wife? <laughs> hey, God, can I get a husband? Can you take this down a little bit? And God's like, hold up. I've been doing this for a long time. I know what I'm doing. I know what it looks like, but that's not how it's going to stay. Somebody please say amen. I know what it feels like. God, can you take this illness away? God, can you please spare my pain? Can you please just make this look a little better because it's not looking good? And God is saying, hold up. I know what I'm doing. And I think that's one of the first things that we need to learn about how to have a Kairos life. How can you have a Kairos life? The first thing is to wait upon the Lord. To wait upon the Lord. When we become impatient, we lose something. We lose trust in the King of Kings. And when we lose trust in the King of Kings, then all we have is desperation. Listen to what the Word of God says in Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not get tired. Come on now. It says those who wait upon the Lord. Now then it says you will mount up. You will run. You will grow. It says you will walk. You will mount up and you will run. How does that look? How is that waiting? I understand this. It's not waiting chronos, it's waiting kairos. Let me repeat that again. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Sometimes you lose strength in your purpose. And you can realize it with your co-servants, with your disciples. You can realize it with people that were in your cell group. And they lost. They lost that waiting on God. They became impatient and they lost their purpose in their lives. She couldn't wait anymore. And so she began to say, like Sarah said, I'm going to have my own baby. Maybe God is running late. Maybe God's not going to do it at all. So Abraham, why don't you go and sleep with this woman? I know we're married, but I can't give you a baby. Even though God promised to give me a baby, just go sleep with her. I have a better plan than God. And so we abort the child that God is raising within, the God is, the God is planning to give Am I making sense? Sometimes instead of waiting on the right time, on the nine month, right? To wait on the timing of God, we pull the baby out too early and we end up hurting it. I think that's what happens in our lives. Sometimes God is saying, wait on me, wait on me. 
instead of waiting, we try to pressure God. We try to manipulate God. God, if you don't do this, then I won't serve you. If you don't do this on my timing, then you must not be God. Then you must not be right. And instead, we lose our strength. We lose all our strength. We cannot run. We cannot mount up with wings like eagles. We're like chickens on the floor. Am I making sense? We cannot have vision for our lives because we stop waiting on God. What a powerful thing it is to be able to wait upon the Lord to say that the world may be saying, I know what, the world may be saying something and seeing something, but when you're waiting upon God, you see things from a different perspective. You see from the Lord's perspective and the world sees only this, but you can see these things. You may not see everything, but you know that God is above it all. I love my King because every time I wait on him, I grow stronger and stronger. How can you continue to do what you do? It's by waiting on him. I want to say that waiting on him in my language has two connotations. One is to wait as in patiently expect. The other one is to wait as a waitress waits upon a table and waits upon clients and makes sure they're taken care of and makes sure they don't need anything and brings everything that they have and just waits upon that person. Can you wait upon the Lord in his timing and can you wait upon the Lord in your service? That is to wait upon the Lord. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strengths. Some people think that you're renewing your spiritual strength is by taking a break from loving Him. When in the world did that ever work in a marriage? When in the world did that ever work in relationships? I counsel hundreds of people throughout my times in ministry. I can say with full confidence, not one time did I tell one couple, just forget about it. Forget about your marriage. Maybe in years you guys come back and it'll be better. It doesn't work like that. In real covenant, you say, we will get through this together. We're going to love each other through this moment. I love you so much and you love me so much and let's show it. I never want to take a break from my king. Never want to take a break from serving my God, from loving my God. I have many things to fix in my life and so do you. But waiting upon the Lord doesn't mean walking away from him. It means, God, I will wait upon you. I will wait upon you. So the first thing we must avoid if we are to live in a Kairos life, in a Kronos world, is we are to be patient with him and with his times. The next, th next thing that we are to be a care beware of, be careful with, is that we do not become so caught up in the Kronos, too busy to listen to God. Or we don't become so busy with our chronos. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. And God is saying, I don't care. I made time. I am the Lord who made time. You're asking me and you're telling me you don't have that which I gave you. And you really say you don't have time for me who gives you every second, every minute of your life. And now you tell me you have no chronos for my kairos. You have no chronos for my kairos. I'm trying to bless you. I'm trying to give you something greater than what you're meandering for, what you're, you're looking around, trying to wander and stumble. And God is saying, I have something amazing for you, but you're too busy to get it. I'm reminded of uh, <laughs> two women that were waiting upon God, right? Two, two sisters and Jesus was in their home. I don't know what you would do if physical Jesus showed up in your home. That would be amazing. I don't know what you would do, but I know that my personality is one and other people's personalities other. It was Martha and Mary. When God came in, Jesus was there. Both loved them so much. I mean, this is Jesus. 
These were godly women. I'm not talking about wicked people. I'm talking about Martha and Mary. Well, Martha was so excited that Jesus was home that she began to cook for him. She began to bring water for everybody. She began to just puff up the pillow where his feet would put up, would be rest upon. She was running everywhere, making sure everything looked perfect. She was serving God. And that's awesome. But Mary was there aw, at his feet, just listening. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I think Martha was so mad. And I think she did it even more. You know, when you go to the kitchen, she was probably like banging on the cups a little bit harder. You know, pouring that milk, slamming it down a little harder, making that pot of coffee, making sure that Mary heard. But Mary didn't care. She was just at the feet of Jesus listening to God. I just told you that I will wait upon the Lord the rest of my life. I will serve him all the days of my life. I will be his waitress. <laughs> his waiter, I guess you can say. Okay, cool, cool. So we're talking about Martha and Mary, right? How uh, one understood Kairos. One, one really wanted to seize the moment to be in front of Jesus. She wanted to make sure that everything that Jesus had to offer, she was receiving. Martha was too busy. She was too caught up with her chronos. And she was caught up with everything that was going on around her that she forgot that God was in front of her. I don't know if that happens to you where you've given so much time to other people the night before or, or, you know, you've been spending too much time or you stayed up a little bit too late and you give Jesus the leftovers in the morning because now you're too tired to spend time with your Savior, with your Lord, with your lover. And he demands the best, not the leftovers. Kairos are things, are moments, are, are appointed seasons where God wants to move and pour himself on you. He wants to remind you of things that will strengthen you. God wants to have moments with you, but I wonder if you, like me, sometimes get so caught up, so busy that we forget to live in the Kairos because we're caught up with the Kronos. Sometimes I feel like we do that with our spouse or we do that with, with our families. We're sitting there in a table so beautiful that other people would die for. A family that is strong, kids that look up to you. A wife that loves you, and I have a phone in my hand wondering about the chronos. And I forget about the Kairos, that I'm right there, and they're right there with me. And so I have to put that away and remember that God gave me this season. God gave me this family. God gave me that is in front of me. And that I have to love. I have to care for. I have to savor. I have to taste it. In your devotionals, how quick are you to close your Bible? How, how rushed are you because of chronos? And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you tell your boss, sorry, I was there because I was doing my devotional every single day. I don't think that's what I'm trying to tell you. What I'm trying to tell you is perhaps you need to take some chronos away from something the night before so you got a little more chiros in the morning. Or maybe, maybe if you do your devotionals at night, you could say no to some things a little bit earlier so you can have a little bit more time with the Lord. See, because those chronos, those special moments, those appointed times will change everything about you. I want to tell you of a moment where God changed my life. I went to Azusa Pacific University. There was this one chapel. There still is. It was a 24-hour, seven days a week. It was always open. Now I know they changed policy there now, but back when I was going to school, that little chapel was always open. Can I tell you, God would sometimes at night wake me up. I'm reminded of 1 Samuel chapter 3, where little Samuel would be woken up at night. <laughs> and Eli was asked, hey, little by little Samuel, hey, did you call me? And Eli said, no, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. And so little Samuel goes again and says, hey, did you call me? And the pastor, the, the teacher would tell him, no, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. It wasn't until the third time that he realized that perhaps God was calling him. And I felt the same thing as little Samuel. God waking me up and saying, I want to talk to you. I want to speak to you. 
And it wasn't until then, 1 Samuel chapter 3, where I remember reading in the Bible these verses that changed my life and led me to a Kairos moment. Please listen to, listen to this for just a second. These are words that changed my life, and I pray that if you pray them, will also change yours. He said, when Eli recognized that, it might have been the Lord speaking to this little kid. He said to him, Samuel, next time that you hear that voice, tell him, here I am, Lord, for your servant is listening. Here I am, Lord, for your servant is listening. When I prayed that prayer, when I said these words in my Kairos, I remember God speaking in such clear words. He called me into a different life. He moved me from a nominal average moment in my life and he took me to a place where I will never, ever, ever be the same again. But I had to say those words as that kid was. And he said, here I am, Lord, your servant is listening. I wonder if you're in that kairos, but you're not listening. I wonder if God has a specific time where he's calling you into something greater, but you're too caught up with your chronos. This kid lived in the presence of God. He slept at church. He was by the side of a man who was so godly who knew the Lord, Eli was an amazing, amazing priest, the high, high priest. He would sleep next to the ark. The, the, the flame of the Lord was there. And the Bible says that he yet, he didn't know the Lord yet. It is possible to be in the presence of God. It is possible to be around the people of God. It is possible to be in the moments when God is moving without ever having a kairos. An appointed time in your life. Let me tell you why. Because sometimes we're simply not listening. I wonder if your busyness has kept you from the business of God. If your busyness has kept you from what God really wants to do. The relationship that he wants to have with you. Sometimes we are so busy that we lose the best relationships. First one was God's relationship. The one that goes first. Before I go on to the next two, and I'm going to finish with that. Before I go on to the ending of this, I want to make sure that you understand that Kairos happens constantly. That God is doing something always. He's a busy God. He's not lazy. He's always working something. As a matter of fact, he's working on your next Kairos moment right now. But sometimes some of you just simply do not take advantage of it. You don't value. And it's time to start valuing the moments with God. God is trying to speak to you. Maybe you're losing sleep, not because of the, the burger you ate with cheese and jalapenos. Maybe you're losing sleep because God wants to speak to you. Maybe what you're supposed to do is not look at your phone see who's online. Maybe what you're supposed to do is drop to your knees and start praising God and just wondering what God has for you. Just maybe, maybe God wants you to get up, not just for a job, but for a purpose. Come on now. Like God doesn't just want you to get up early so you can go to the office. But God wants you to get up early so you can go into your destiny. The kairos are so important. You must value them. You must appreciate them. Indifference is the next thing that will get you to lose opportunities. God will give you so many opportunities in the kairos. I remember like if it was yesterday when I was called to go to Colombia, Bogota. I was called, I say this by God, I wasn't called by a person. As a matter of fact, people were telling me I was nuts. People were getting kidnapped left and right back then. 
The militia was waiting outside. I remember when I got off the plane, they were there with the big old rifles waiting outside. When I got to my hotel, a blown up car was right outside of Tekendama Hotel. And I remember thinking, what am I doing here? That's because I heard a voice of God that says, this is Kairos. This is the time. This is where I'm calling you. Go forward. While all my friends were trying to just be better Christians by not sleeping with a girl, God was speaking to me about winning souls and making disciples. God was changing my life in a nation that I didn't know, with people that I didn't, I had no idea who they were. I was in a small room just praying and saying, God, what am I doing here? And God had a Kairos. He had an appointed time. My life was forever changed. I came back to my university and I could never be the same again. I couldn't be with the same girl because as good a Christian as she was, she thought I had gone nuts. See, because I didn't want to just give tithes. I didn't want to just go to church. I didn't want to just be a good believer. I wanted to change the world for Jesus because there was a moment where God spoke. And I wonder if there's a moment for you that you're missing out on. But one of the things I love most about the word of God is that my king, my Lord, my savior, he didn't speak to Samuel once. And when Samuel didn't listen, he said, forget you. You're too young. You're too, you're not going to listen. I'm going to go to the next guy. No, God kept on going and said again and again and yet again. He spoke to little Samuel three times. And I think God would have spoke to him 10 times if he would have taken him 10 times to listen. But I believe one thing, and this is for sure, that there's a time and there's a moment for every person. And one thing is not knowing that God is speaking. But another thing is knowing that God is speaking and rejecting his words. And rejecting his word. And not wanting what he has to offer to you. Indifference will do that to you. Indifference will get you to cheapen whatever God is trying to do. I was offered a job. Very well paid. With a ministry that to be very honest with you. It was very tempting to take. This didn't only happen once. It happened three times along this path. And I think I would have gone that direction. And I don't think it would have been sinful. But it wasn't God's purpose for me and my wife. It definitely wasn't God's purpose. The reason I know that is because God confirmed it. God spoke it. And in due season, he showed it. We will lose opportunities if we devalue the kairos. Can I ask you a simple question? Have you heard God speak? Have you told them, speak? Because your servant's listening. I believe that the greatest cell groups, the greatest teams of 12, the greatest 144s are about to be raised through you. And when I say you, I mean you who is listening to the voice of God. I don't mean you who goes to church or you who sins less. I'm talking about you who says, here I am, Lord. Speak because your servant is listening. I can go on with a list of things that stop you from kairos, but I want to spend the last minutes in this last one, and that is coveting other people's kairos or coveting what seems to be other people's kairos. The greatest poison to your soul and the greatest poison to the patience in God, the waiting upon God, maybe your Instagram. It may be what you see and you feel like you haven't gotten. It may be those things that you can look at and say, what is happening, God? Why is he living in a Kairos moment? And I am here standing still in my chronos. I remember the story in the Bible and I love it so much. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 17. I don't have time to go get it because it's Friday night. I know some of you guys have many, many other things to do in your quarantining. That's sarcastic, but I'm still going to respect your time. First Samuel 17. 
Verse 14, it says, David was the youngest. You know the story, David and Goliath. If you don't, it's okay. Go ahead and read it earlier. Start from uh, chapter 14 and go on. But in chapter 17, this young man, he's the youngest of his family. One so young that his father even forgot about him when it was time to anoint the next king. The guy I told you about, Samuel, he came. The little kid had grown up. This is awesome. Just catch it. Understand the timing of God. This little boy that one time heard, here I am, your servant speaking. Now we see him as a grown man anointing people, right? He goes, he looks for the next coming king, the king that was to replace Saul. This is awesome, man. This is, this is intense. He finds this family that God leads him to because see, now Samuel knew how to hear the voice of God. He knew the kairos. He knew the appointed time. He knew the appointed place. He knew the appointed people. Those are Greek words for another time, which we will get into. But this is something that this man did. He went, he found this family and this, the father of David said, what? That's all my kids. I don't have anybody else. Are you sure? Because these are not the ones that I want to anoint. There's got to be someone else. Oh yeah, 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 but this is one kid. I don't think you want him. He's a little too little. <laughs> little redheaded kid, David was somewhere out in the fields taking care of his father's sheep. Just grabbing a little rock. Pah, pah, just throwing pebbles against, against the tree, you know. Doing what every bored little young kid would do. Just working with a slingshot, you know. I love this because you fast forward a few chapters. Now you have David. After being anointed. Waiting. His chronos. Expecting his kairos. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Check this out. For 40 days the Philistines came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Listen to this. Now Jesse said to his, to his son David, Take this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistine. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. Check this out. This is David now, okay? He had been anointed king. His brothers saw it. Now, this kid is waiting. God knows how long. Listen to this, okay? This is so beautiful. The brothers are soldiers. I could just see the brothers all chiseled up, geared up. They're out there, brave warriors. And David is taking care of sheep still. Now, he's, been, he's a man who's got a great future in the Lord. But it doesn't seem to be changing. Nothing seems to be happening. He's now king. He's just taking care of sheep. There's no lower, no... <laughs> there's nothing more boring back then to do than to take care of sheep so now his dad tells him go give some cheese and bread to your brothers and I can see David as a, as a human being seeing his brothers and say man I should be the one up there I could see David wrestling with an attitude that I don't know if he had but I'll ask him when I get there I think David at some point thought bunch of cowards man these guys are doing nothing look at this philistine defying the armies of the living god something inside of him just began to burn and i believe that god did something with him and this is why god was able to lift him up i think at some point he had to humble himself and say but it's not about me in due season god will do what he has to do it wasn't until the philistine insulted the living god and yet david realized wait hold on a second 
This has nothing to do with my brothers being blessed or being warriors or the anointing over my life. This has to do with the honor of my Lord. And so David did what a good man would do, a good, a, a solid disciple of Jesus would do. He stood up, he fought the big intense giant, he cut his head off. I'm not saying any of us should be cutting people's heads off. I'm just saying that this man did what anyone centered on Christ would do. Listen to this, okay? I was reading this story and I got lost in something. Could it be that many people in the kingdom of God keep comparing themselves to their brothers and sisters, thinking that they have the better side, thinking that they are getting somehow, some way, the better end of God? When in reality, what God is doing is preparing them to give them something they could have never dreamt of. That was a kairos for David. That was the moment for David. It didn't seem like it. It seemed like nothing was happening. But God was preparing him. If David would have gotten mad. If they would, David would have allowed rebellion against his father and said, forget you. You have me. You're treating me like a, like a little errand boy when I'm an anointed king. You're treating me like an errand boy. Look at my brothers. They're out there fighting and I'm over here taking care of sheep. They're not even mine. What am I doing here? What if, I'm asking, what if some of you are getting so desperate in seeing other pictures, other videos, other people growing or seemingly growing? Other things that are happening in other people's lives, like people are getting married, having kids, people are having great jobs and all these amazing bodies. And maybe just maybe all you're doing is carrying cheese and crackers, man. And you feel like that is not fair. Like, God, why are you doing this? I thought you called me. I thought you did something. But I'm reminded that God's perfect timing is not the timing of human beings. God's perfect timing sometimes seems like nothing is happening, but there's always something happening. If David would have copped an attitude, if David would have said, forget you, dad, you take it yourself. Or you know what? This is not worth it. I don't think I'm ever going to be blessed. I don't think I'm ever going to be a king under your leadership. Instead, David said, yes, dad. This is what he says. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth when it turned on me. I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of Philistine, said Saul to David. Then he said, go and the Lord be with you. Your tough moments, your difficult times, the season of your life, is preparing you to kill giants. Some of you feel, I know that, you feel like this season is just full of bears and lions. You feel like, some of you feel like, man, I just, I don't see it, Pastor. I want to tell you, according to Galatians 6, 9, do not grow weary of doing good. For in due time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Do not get tired of doing good. Do not get tired of sowing unto eternity. Do not get tired of being diligent and obedient with your father's sheep. 
let me say that one more time. Do not get tired. Don't let chronos bear down on you. Don't let the chronos deceive you. Don't let what's happening with everyone else around you give you a covenant, a, a heart of, of, of a coveting heart. Keep serving God. Keep taking care of his sheep. Keep doing what God's called you to do. And I promise you, I promise you, in due season, you will reap a great harvest. If I can count how many people, because of discouragement, never received the blessings of God. I think your heart would be so saddened because some of these people are amazing people. They're not evil. They don't hate God. They don't hate anyone else. They just stopped seeing Kairos. And all they looked at was Kronos. Today is a beautiful day. Tonight is a perfect night for you to stop and say, God, would you help me to recognize your times? Would you help me to wait for your seasons? God, help me to trust that although I cannot see it, it doesn't mean that you cannot do it. This is the time and this is the best night, I think, for you to say, God, thank you for the trials. Thank you for the bears. Thank, thank you for the lions. Because I know this will lead me to one day slay my giants. And those giants that you slay will give you so much more than anything else you could have imagined. After this, David's anointing was evident. After this, songs were written about him. He wrote <laughs> most of the Psalms. Man, because of David, generations of generations of generations after him were blessed because of that kairos. Because David knew that the Lord had anointed him and there was going to be a moment and he was ready for that moment. May you understand that everything's preparing you for the times of God. Why don't you guys close your eyes and let's pray and let's just ask God to continue to do it in us. Amen. With your eyes closed, I feel like some of you here need to repent. Some of us need to ask God for forgiveness for doing what I did to that barber and trying to tell God how to do his job. I think some of us here need to stop complaining and arguing with God and pretending like what we have is not good enough. And perhaps someone here who's listening to me needs to start saying, God, I love you. I trust you. I need you more than ever. Would you please help me to take, to take a hold of the Kairos? Help me, God, to, to value those moments. Dear God, I want to be with you. God, I want to listen to you. Help me to trust you. You have never failed me. You have never let me down. Dear God, it is your chronos. It is your time. Help me, God, to desire you more than ever. Just like little Samuel said, I want to say, here I am, Lord. Come on, tell him, here I am, Lord. Your servant is listening. Your servant is listening. God, I'm aware that in that part of the Bible, it said that in those days, the words of the Lord were few because of the wickedness of the people. Because even the prophets, even the priests and their sons didn't acknowledge you. But God, when a tiny little kid heard your voice, you began a great revival. And the next incredible expansion of the kingdom because of one kid that was able to listen. Dear God, I ask you right now that he help us to listen to your voice. God, we wait upon you. We trust you. We know that this season will also end as every season ends. We know that there's a time to weep and there's a time to laugh. God, we know that there's a time to sow 
and a time to reap. God, we know that there's a time for everything. We just want to wait upon you. Renew our strengths. Help us, God, to be strong again in our service and in our love to you. We love you, Jesus, with all of our hearts. We will tend to you. We will wait upon you. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys very much. I invite you to stay tuned next time. Uh, I'm going to be talking and saying about the different uh, kinds of love. And I'm just really, really pumped because it's such a, such a powerful, powerful uh, concept, you know, to really understand what love is. So I love you guys very much um, in the full meaning of the word. We'll see you guys soon. Bye.